Amen. Good morning, Gethsemane Church. Turn around and shake your neighbor's hand and say, Welcome into the house of God this morning. It is an honor to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. After you do so, you can be seated. Praise God. Dismiss our children and our teachers. Amen. What a wonderful Sunday to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Trust you've had a great week thus far. Really been looking forward to worshiping God with you. Just enjoy our worship service. Amen. Have an awesome worship band. Amen. You agree with that? Amen. Great, huh? Love the Lord. They love the Lord, love what they're doing, and, and I can tell you, they're not entertaining us. They're entertaining Him. Amen. And that's the awesome part about it. So just again, good to be in the house of the Lord today. If you have your Bible, want to turn with us over to Luke's Gospel. I'm sorry, John's Gospel, chapter 11, verse 38. Put your finger there. John's Gospel, chapter 11, verse 38. We'll start there. I want to read a passage of Scripture to you that is very familiar. Uh, it's a passage of Scripture that you hear most of the time at funeral services or home-going services or life celebrations, whatever you call them. I call them life celebrations. You typically are going to hear it there, but this passage means so much more than just that. This, this, this passage and the entire passage of Psalm 23 isn't about death at all. It's all about life. Amen? It's about life. So I want to read Psalm 23 and 4 to you. The title of the message today is Dismantle Your Fear. Amen? Dismantle Your Fear. This is what the psalmist David actually wrote here in Psalm 23 and 4. He said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff. He said, They comfort me. If you would pray with me here this morning. Heavenly Father, again it is an awesome privilege to be in your house today. Just so blessed to be here with all of our brothers and sisters in Christ. And just so blessed, Lord, to have been able to wake up today, uh, to be able to walk around, to be able to think properly, uh, to be able to uh, provide for ourselves and not have to wait on somebody. But God, just so thankful that we were able to do that. Thankful for the food that we all received this morning. And Again, just uh, all your many blessings, God, that you've bestowed upon us. We thank you for it. Most of all, we're thankful that we're able to come together to lift up your great name and to praise you and glorify you today. That's what you created us to do, God, and we just uh, thank you for the opportunity to do what we're supposed to do. Uh, and so, Father, we thank you for that, and thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to hear your word today. What a blessing it is to hear the word of God, that it might stick in our hearts and help us, Lord, to live lives that are pleasing to you and to also be a blessing to others. Now, God, we just ask that you would just continue to bless us with your presence. Ask, God, that you would continue to set upon every heart and every soul that's here today, every mind. Father, I pray that you would just uh, lift any burdens that may be there. Remove them, God, that this word does not go out void, and it certainly does not return to you void. Father, we're praying for your anointing upon each one of us today, and God, we'll be sure to praise you, and we do thank you and praise you for all things. For it's in Jesus' matchless and awesome, awesome name we pray as a collective body of believers. Amen. 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 So again, if you have your Bible, John's Gospel, chapter 11. But I do want to take a moment to talk to you about Psalm 23, just a second while you're looking for that. Dismantle your faith. So when you read this story here, or this passage in Psalm 23, I told you the epiphany that God gave to me as I was walking through this same valley of the shadow of death that David walked in. Amen. Pastor Keith and I walked down this same valley. We were able to get up early in the morning. Uh, we were able to stand on the wall of the old city of Jerusalem. Well, we couldn't get on the wall. They had us locked out, so we had to stand below the wall, but we tried. 
right? And uh, they had it locked early in the morning, but we actually got over to the wall anyway, and we were walking around and, and uh, saw the sun rise, and it was coming up over um, uh, the Mount of Olives there. And where the Mount of Olives is, um, it's it just that the, the sun casts a shadow down on the city of David, on that side of the city of Jerusalem, uh, the old city of Jerusalem. And uh, in that, uh, the valley there, the, the Kedron Valley, I believe it was, right there between the Mount of Olives and the city of David or the city of Jerusalem there uh, is a cemetery. It's what it is. The whole, you've heard me say the Mount of Olives is just a, it's just a cemetery. It looks like Arlington National Cemetery, if you've ever seen that. There's just tons of Hebrew graves up that Mount of Olives. And so down in the valley is also the cemetery continues and there's a lot of um, mausoleums, if you will, where you can, you know, people are buried inside mausoleums. Uh, in fact, David's son Absalom, you've heard me say, is buried there and Zechariah, the prophet's buried there and there's several of them that are all buried down in there. So when David got up early in the morning and he began to walk in front of or on top of the wall, I envision him walking on top of that wall and he's talking to God. You got to remember David had a lot of people after him. Right, there was a lot of folks trying to conquer the children of Israel and take over Jerusalem, and as you know, it happened several times, but not under his watch. Amen. And so he would always be thinking about that, always be talking to God about it. He understood that there was a lot of pressure on him, a lot of people wanted to take his life because he was the king. And so you could see as David was talking to God as he as he as he penned this, "Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, that that shadow was being cast from the sun across those that cemetery." on to David. And so you can see now why he said that. Though I'm walking in this valley and there is a shadow of death on me, he said, I'm not going to fear anything because you're with me. Amen? No matter what no matter what man says to me, no matter what happens, you're going to be with me so I don't have to fear anything. I don't have to fear death. I don't have to fear losing this kingdom. I don't have to worry about anything because you said you'd be with me. After all, your anointing is upon me. David knew that. Amen? He remembers when Samuel came and anointed him as king. He remembers that even as a young boy. And God's hand was always with David. Uh, and in fact, it said that David was a man after God's own heart. There was a great relationship there. And he was just praising his God here, saying, I'm not going to fear. And I think that's important for us when you think about dismantling your fear. You've got to understand what fear does. right? We've all talked about it, right? Uh, a lot of preachers, you've heard me say this before, a lot of preachers will tell you that fear is a sin. That's not true. I'm going to say it again. Fear is not a sin. Okay, it's not. God gave us all the emotions that we have. You, don't just, you didn't just line up, at, you didn't line up on Amazon and say, hey, I'm going to buy fear today, or I'm going to buy happiness today, or I'm going to buy joy today, I'm going to buy sadness today, I'm not going to buy, you know the emotions that we have. The Bible said that we're made in His image. We have His same attributes in us. Okay, all of us do. So fear is something that God gave us to help us. Is that right? Fear like I had when my daddy said, I'm going to kill you if you do that. Yeah. See, I had a fear that he would carry that out. Is that right? And I done told y'all, my mama drowned all the dumb ones, so I knew better. <laughs> right? When he said it, he meant it. Right? So fear would overtake my little body when I went to go do what he told me not to do. And it kept me out of a lot of trouble. That type of fear is not bad. He said in 2 Timothy that He didn't give us the spirit, as you've heard me say, of fear. Spirit of fear is that which is from Satan. That is the thing that paralyzes us and that captures us and controls us. It's the thing that we allow to hinder us from carrying out the plan of God that He told us in the book of Jeremiah that He had for every single one of us. Every one of us. Every single person in here. 
If you're like me, I used to think only the preacher and only the, the deacons and only the, these people and the leaders, they're the only ones that God had plans for. The rest of us is just all, we're on the Roy bus, right? As Dabo said, the rest of y'all, right? So we're on the Roy bus. But that's not true. All of us, God has a plan for, amen? And if we allow fear into our lives, it grips us, it paralyzes us, it stops us from carrying out God's plan. That is the danger in fear. That's the danger. If you really want to fear something, fear that. Right? That we're not carrying out God's plan. That's, that's what it means. If we're just existing in life and we're not carrying out whatever God's called us to do, then, then that's something to fear because we're not following out His plan. We're being disobedient to His will. So here, when we're talking about dismantling fear, that's what fear does. And that's why it's important for us to really understand it and take a look at it. And some of us in here today, I don't know your situation, but some of us have probably allowed that fear to grip our lives to the point that we're not doing the things that we know we should do, right? We're not carrying out the plan of God. We're not living an abundant life. See, you know, the Bible teaches us that we are to be living abundant lives, right? Because He said that He came to give us life and life what? more abundantly. So if he said, I'm giving you life more abundantly, it means that not only are you existing in this life, but you are not, you are existing and that you are contributing, right? And that you are making an impact. You're making a difference. I tell people, I've told people for years, I said, look, it's not, it's not so much about leaving a legacy. I said this yesterday at a funeral service, a celebration service. It's not about leaving a legacy. We all want to leave a legacy behind, right? Which is why you see people that are billionaires wanting to become the president of the United States when it doesn't pay what they're used to making, right? So it's not about the money. It's about the power. It's about leaving a legacy. I was the president. Your great-granddaddy was the president of the United States, right? Or see what I'm saying? We're trying, we're working so hard to leave a legacy, right? But it's not about leaving it. It's about living it, amen? Live the legacy. If you'll live a legacy, you'll make more of an impact on people's lives than you will trying to leave a legacy, you see what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Everybody wants to leave a mark, but why not make a mark? You with me? Make the mark. Make a change, right? That's what Michael Jackson said. Got to make a change. Actually, he said it more like this. Got to make a change. <laughs> That's what Michael said, right? Got to make that change. So it's about, it's about living a legacy, Okay. But when we, when we allow fear to grip our lives, then we're not able to make the impact that God wants us to make. And a lot of us probably think, well, I can't make an impact. Little old me, right? That's, we get into that, that, that little man syndrome, right? The little chihuahua syndrome, I call it. That's what we start thinking. I can't do anything. I, can't, I really can't help anybody. Well, you can't with that attitude, right? You've got to understand that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. That God has equipped you, you now, not, not your Sunday school teacher, not your small group leader, not your worship team, not your pastor, not your president, not your whoever it might be. He has equipped little old you, you on the Roy bus, right? He has equipped you to do great things. In fact, he said in the book of Romans that he has made you more than conquerors. You're more than just a conqueror. Right? You're more than that. You're more than just somebody that can, that can take something out of the way, that can stop something from happening. You're more than that. Right? You're love and you're all the things that God is. Right? So you're more than a conqueror. But we can't allow fear to grip us. We've got to learn how to dismantle our fear that we can lay hold to our future. Amen? And this is what I see David saying here. I'm not going to fear 
anything that comes my way because he said, your rod and your staff, and we all know who this is, is that right? They comfort me. Jesus, right? Jesus, right? Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. He is with us everywhere that we go. And didn't the Bible tell us that, right? As I said to somebody here just a few weeks ago, this is not a fairy tale. This is not just a novel written by Agatha Christie, right? This was written by God Himself, penned by man, that God laid on His heart, their hearts to pen it. And this is His Word. And if God says it, it's true. Okay? So we have a purpose in this life, but we have to dismantle that fear that's in our lives in order for us to do it. And if we're all honest, all of us that are in here, mostly men, okay, I'm going to talk to most of the men, but the women are the same way. But us men, you know how we are. I ain't, a, I ain't, it's how you say it in the South and you want it with emphasis. I'm going to help you all. Ready? I ain't us scared of nothing. Us scared. I ain't a scared of nothing. I ain't fearful of nothing. Right? Just, I ain't never been scared of nothing. But every one of us got a fear in our lives somewhere. If you're really honest with yourself, there's something that hangs us up. Is that right? That causes us to back up. It causes us to pull back into a, into a corner, into a shell. It causes us to, to cower down or to stop moving forward. That's what fear does. It stops progress. Is that right? If you're moving forward and you have something that hits you, we stop. That's where people, you know, there's a lot of anxiety. That's a real thing. I've experienced that. Pastor Keith's experienced that. Some of us in here have experienced that. That is a real thing. Okay, and anxiety is no joke. But what anxiety does is, is we're motivating along, and then whatever that fear is, it's all, it all equates back to some fear that's in our lives. Anxiety is caused by fear. And fear is caused by what we think we have a shortfall in where we think we are the weakest, where we think we, we, are, we are less than, I guess, than somebody else or whatever we need to be in that situation. Now, that'll help you. I'm going to say that again. Okay? So anxiety is caused by fear. And fear is caused by what we feel like we have a lack of. But you don't have a lack of. Let me just start there as I said a minute ago. You have everything you need to be successful in this life if you've got Christ in your life. He's given you everything that you need. We just need to lay hold on it and dismantle the fear because all fear is, as the song says, it's a liar. Amen? Fear, I'm not going to sing, y'all. Y'all know how I am. I tried last week and y'all laughed at me. I was trying to lean on somebody and y'all weren't leaning back with me. Y'all remember? Right? But fear, it is a liar, as the song says. It just, it grips us, as that song talks about, and it paralyzes us. So we got to figure out how to dismantle Let's look at it. So I told you what fear is. It is a distressing emotion that is caused by thoughts of failure, shame, or loss. That's what fear is. And the word dismantle simply means to take apart or to tear down. Literally, it means to disassemble or remove or to destroy. Okay? To remove it. Let's use that word today. Because when you leave here today, God's intention is that whatever that fear is in your life that's gripping you or that's causing you the anxiety, that's causing you to slow down, it's causing you not to progress forward in life, today we need to learn how to dismantle that. We need to, we need to make sure that that thing is removed out of the way. Because God didn't give that to us. In fact, He said He didn't give us a spirit of fear. So if He didn't give us a spirit of fear, He certainly did not want us to be, be gripped by it. Is that right? He gave us, what did He say? Power and love and a sound mind. That's what, that's what the writer Timothy said God gave to us, right? Or Paul to, the, to Timothy. Spirit of fear he didn't give us, 
but power and love and a sound mind. Power and love and a sound mind. You can accomplish anything with the power of God, the love of God, and the mind of God. Can I get a witness? Amen? You can accomplish anything. Power of God, the love of God, and the mind of God. And you say, well, I don't have all those things. Yes, you do. If you've got Christ in you, you do. Because He said, if you see me, you've seen the Father. And if you and I are Christians and you, if you see us, you're supposed to see Jesus. Amen? So if you see me, you're supposed to see Jesus. And if you see Jesus, come on somebody. You're supposed to see God. Now we're not God, but His presence is in us. His Spirit is in us. Isn't that right? Let this mind, the Bible says, be in us that was in you, Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Y'all with me? So this fear that causes these thoughts, that's caused by this, these thoughts of failure, shame, and loss, we've got to learn how to tear that down, to destroy that, or to remove it completely. I love the word remove better, as I said, because it just simply means as if it never existed. As if it never existed. And let me just give you a little bit of a... Let me just help you today. It doesn't exist. Okay, I'm going to say that one more time. So I'm talking about removing fear, but you can't remove that which isn't there. Fear really is, whatever it is that's causing you to fear is not even there. Let me explain that. Most of the time, we worry about stuff that hasn't even happened yet. Come on, guys. I ain't the only one, Emma. Right? We worry about stuff that's not even going to happen yet. We let ourselves be so bound down. At least, Mark, let me talk about me. I'm going to talk about me. I'm going to talk about I. I'm going to talk about number one. That's what Toby said. Right? So I'm going to talk about me. I allow myself... To be, to be held back because of something that I fear that's not even out there. Or if it is out there, it hasn't presented itself to me. Right? So as people, you know what we do? We entertain those thoughts. We start courting it. We start looking for it. And guess what happens? It's going to show up. Is that right? If you look for something hard enough, you're going to find it. Is that right? If you really want to look for it, you'll find it. It's like a fellow said one time, he said, Mark, if you really want to go to Atlanta, you'll find a way to go to Atlanta. And we will. If I really want to go bad enough and I don't even have a car or have any money, you know what? I'll find myself in Atlanta. Right on Peachtree Street. All of them. Amen. There's a bunch of Peachtree Streets. Somebody said, it's on Peachtree Street. Which one? If you've ever been to Atlanta, there's a gazillion of them. Right? But you'll find a way. But fear, it's, it's not something that really even exists. It's just something that's there. Or maybe something did happen that caused your fear. But let me ask you a question. Is it still happening? A lot of times it's not even happening anymore, but we're just fearful it's going to happen. Do you know that that's one of the biggest reasons why people don't serve Jesus? I'm serious. A lot of people don't serve the Lord. And I've had people tell me, well, I used to serve the Lord years ago, but said, man, the longer I served him, the worse my life got. When I started serving the Lord, this happened. Next thing you know, that happened. Next thing you know, this happened. And so I just found it better not to just even go anymore. I still love Him. I just don't go to church anymore as if that's causing the problem. Right? <laughs> but that's what they'll that's what they say. I just ain't going to serve Him anymore because I'm fearful of what's going to happen. I'm fearful of what's going to come my way. I was talking to a beautiful young lady today. I'm not going to call her name. But she came in and she had a little bit of stress. You could tell she did. And I said, oh, what's wrong? And she said, well, a little spiritual warfare. And I got talked to a little bit later. I said, you know what? It made me happy. And I had to back up because this little lady is a little stronger than she looks. I said, it, it, was, it made me happy. When you said you, having, you were having a little bit of spiritual warfare, because most people are going to hit you in the mouth. You know, what do you mean you're happy? <laughs> you know, I'm going through a battle. But I said, it just means that you're getting closer to Jesus. 
if you're, if, you're, if you're going through some spiritual warfare, Brother Jeff, if you're going through some difficult times in your life, you must be getting closer to God. Amen? Because right. look, Satan's not going to attack that which he's already got. Can I get a witness in the house? Amen? Look, if he's already got you and you're serving him and you're not serving the Lord, that's why a lot of people say it was easier. It was easier for us to going to church. Yeah. It was easier because you was on the road to destruction and he was glad you was there. He don't have to get you if he's already got you. Is that right? Why would Satan waste time on somebody that's already destroying their own life? You're just helping him. Is that right? But those that are causing him problems, that's the ones he's going to focus on. Is that right? All of us ought to get up in the morning and do what I heard a minister say one time. We ought to get up in the morning and we ought to say, man, man, look, hell ought to go on red alert when all of us get up in the morning. If we're truly children of God, it ought to go on red alert. And every demon in hell ought to go, what are we going to do now? Right? They ain't but a third, of, a third of heaven's angels. I don't know how many that is. But look, I don't know, but there's about 7 billion people in the world. And if all of us get saved, there's got to be more of us than them. Or at least we got enough, right? we got enough because we got God in our lives. They're no match for us if Jesus is in our lives. Is that right? Let me just say it this way. I, I can say this with the authority of God's Word. Satan and a third of heaven's angels, however many that is, is not any, any problem or any issue for one child of God. If you have Christ in your life, you are more than a conqueror. Amen? More than a conqueror. Look, all of hell and Satan himself, if you are true in Christ, stand firm on him and they will not harm you. Amen? They cannot do anything against you unless God allows it. And you have the power and the authority, according to the book of James, to say unto him and to them, get thee hence from me. Amen? In Jesus' name. And the Bible teaches me from Brother James that it shall be done. Amen? Now, did you hear me? And a lot of y'all are sitting there going, he don't know. I do know. I know what it says. Amen? And I've also dealt with that dude. I know what I'm talking about. And I'm telling you that my son and I, when he was about six or seven years old, was laying in my daughter's bedroom, and I remember that presence of Satan walking in. You could feel that the temperature in the room changed 20 degrees, Brother Pat, that fast. And I knew exactly where he was standing. I didn't see a figure of him, but I knew exactly where he was in my daughter's room over by the little baby bassinet that Brother Roy Suggs built for us for Noelle when she was born. She had her baby dolls in there. And I felt him when he walked across the room. And I woke Nathan up because I knew he was pure in heart. And I know what the Bible says. And I, I woke him up. I said, son, I don't want to scare you. Some of y'all know this story. I said, but look. I said, Satan's in the room and his eyes got that big. <laughs> he said, where's he at, daddy? <laughs> and I said, he's right over in that corner by your, by your sister's little bassinet. I said, I just need you to help daddy pray. And that little boy got in touch with Jesus. You hear me? He was, he, was, he, was, he was praying like, listen, I'm telling you, he was laying it down. He was praying, I was praying, and it felt like about five minutes, but it was probably more like ten seconds. And I just started rebuking Satan. I said, look, I don't know why. I mean, I knew why he was there because I was about to take my first pastorate. And I knew he was trying to just, 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 to just turn me away from that and cause me to fear. And I, just, I rebuked him, and Nate was rebuking him, and in about that's just a short period of time, Boom, you could feel that leave the room and the temperature changed and you knew it was over. And I looked at Nate, I said, thank you, son. And he just went right back off to sleep. <laughs> like, done what I'm supposed to do, right? 
<laughs> he did. Y'all ask him when you see Nate, he'll tell you the same story. He was scared to death at first, but he got right in there with me. But the point is that you and I, we don't have to fear. We don't have to fear because all that is is just stuff that's not even happened in our lives yet that might happen, that could happen, that possibly happen, but it hasn't even happened. And if it does happen, you possess the authority to cause it to leave. Amen? In Christ. If we stop right there, that ought to make all of us happy and ought to know that we got enough in us that this won't happen any further. So let's take a look in John's Gospel. Now that we've got all that out of the way, and let's look at the message here today. John chapter 11, verse 38 through 44, we're going to read this. This is a story here, an unlikely story for what we're talking about, but a very likely story as well. This is a story of, of three friends of Jesus's, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. And you know the story. Jesus was with His apostles, and they were a little distance away from where Mary and Martha and Lazarus was. And some people come running to Jesus and saying, Hey, your friend Lazarus, he is sick. Now, when he said he was sick, he's talking about this dude here going to die if you don't hear him get there, right? This is one of those sicknesses that you know, right? That you know that this is not good. Whatever was wrong with Lazarus, it was not a good thing. It was life-threatening. And they ran to Jesus and said, you need to come. And Jesus, being a good friend, said, we'll wait. <laughs> Hang on. You know, we're not going to go right now. But he didn't go right away. And you know the story. They came running to him, right? And then Mary talked to him and Martha talked to him. And Jesus finally shows up four days after this old boy had done left the world. Right? So he died. He was sick unto death and now he was dead. And Jesus shows up four days later. And the story picks up here in uh, chapter 11 uh, of John's Gospel <clears throat> at verse 38. And let's pick it up and read it. Jesus therefore, again groaning in himself, cometh to the grave, and it was a cave, and a stone lay upon it. Jesus finds himself now there at this particular cemetery after Lazarus has died, after the service was over with, after they'd already buried him. He'd been in there four days. Mary and Martha was begging him to come. Jesus tells them as they're coming to Him, I am the life, the truth, right? I am the resurrection. If you believe in Me, right? These things are possible. He tells them all of that. And then they get down here and Jesus finds Himself at this graveside. In verse 39, Jesus said to them, Take ye away the stone. <clears throat> and here's the verse I want you to focus on in verse 39. Martha, the sister of... Lazarus, the one that was dead, saith unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh. <laughs> I mean, the man just reeks, right? They didn't embalm like we embalm today. It was a little different in what they did with the spices and all, but four days later he was probably already decaying and stinking here, right? Y'all can imagine. For he hath been dead for four days. Martha here her greatest fear, one of her greatest fears, had come true. Many of us could agree with Martha. Some of our greatest fears is the loss of a brother or a sister, the loss of a mama or daddy or a grandparent, the loss of a child, loss in general. Most people, although we all stand up real proud and bold, and we'll get up on the highest mountaintop and turn around and say, I ain't scared to die. Well... Part of that may be true, but there's something inside of all of us because we ain't never done it before that you, you're not sure how that's going to go. 
Right? My daddy said it this way. That is your alligator mouth overloading your bluebird behind. Right? All of us to some degree, although we say we don't have a fear of death, we all fear it to some degree. I'm not scared to die because I know where I'm going. But I do have a little bit of fear of it because I've never experienced before. I'm just going to be honest. Right? I don't think about it every day. I don't worry about it because I know I'm going to heaven. But it still, it does still pop up in your mind from time to time. And the older you get, the more you think about it. Can I get a witness? Any of you that's under the age of 40, y'all ain't got there yet. But once you get over 40, you start thinking about it more and more because more and more the people that's your age are getting gone. Right? And you just start adding it up going, I ain't much longer, I'm going to be next. Right? So we all have a little bit of fear of it. So this is Martha's fear. Her greatest, one of her greatest fears had come to pass. Her brother had died. And another one of her fears was, maybe God wasn't able to handle it. Because if he'd have truly been the Messiah, would he not have been here? And I don't know with people that are here today, but maybe you've had a situation in your life, and maybe that's what your biggest fear is. I just can't serve God because I don't know if I can trust him, because when I did trust him, this still happened. Well, listen, it might have been just like that, but it wasn't because God didn't love you and that you can't trust him. It just meant he has a plan. Amen? Amen? And so if the plan was for Lazarus to die right then, he was going to die. Right? We all somehow think we're going to live forever. We're not going to live forever in this life. But we are going to live forever in Christ. Amen. But it's once appointed unto man to die and then the judgment. We all know that. Right? So when we say that, well, God, if you loved me, you wouldn't have let that happen. But he has a plan. And the plan will be carried out. Okay? So whatever the situation is in your life, whatever that problem is that's causing you to fear and not serve God the way we should... Because we're, we're, we're blaming God because we trusted Him and then He didn't come through doesn't mean that He's not God and that He don't love you and that He still has a plan. So Martha here, her fear was her brother would die and now she has another fear. I don't know if I can trust this guy or not. Because we went to Him and told Him and He still didn't come. Right? So you can see this starting to grip her to the point that she's losing sight that Jesus is the resurrection. She forgot what he told her just a few verses earlier that he was life and that he was the red. And if he, he said, do you not believe? Do you not believe that I am? And, you know, as these girls, yeah, we believe you are. And, yeah, we believe that, you know, in the end that's going to happen. But Jesus was talking about, look, I have power over life, not just in the end, not just during the resurrection or the rapture. I have, I have power over life always. Right? God has power over life. Christ does. He speaks and it happens. Is that right? He can speak to our storm and it can go away. He can speak to our fear, He can speak to our anxiety and it can go away. He has power over everything. God does. So Martha, in verse 39, her greatest fears come true. He's been dead for four days and he stinks. But I can almost see in the hurt in her eyes as she said, he's been dead for four days. And you know she wants to say it's your fault. If you'd have just been here. In fact, that was actually said, not by Martha. Jesus said to her, he reminds her, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Did I not tell you that? Church, today, listen to me. Did God not tell you that he didn't give you the spirit of fear? Did God not tell you that you are more than conquerors? 
Did God not tell you that He'd never leave you nor forsake you? Did God not tell you that if you ask, you shall receive? Amen? Did God not say that He loved us, right, with a, with a love, an agape love that's unconditional? Right? Did He not tell us that? He did tell us all those things and so much more. So if He told us that, we are to remember that. And if we remember that, fear has no power or hold on us. Because we know that the deliverer, the one that controls it all, is right here. He said, did I, not, did I not tell you that if you would just believe, you would see the glory of God? In verse 41, then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, he spoke to his father. He said, I thank you that you have heard me. And I know that you always hear me in verse 42. But because of these people who are standing by, I said this or these things, that they may believe that you sent me. There was no question in Jesus' mind what was going to happen. But he said what he said, that they might believe that he was the Messiah. So there was doubt cast, as I said to you, whether or not he was the Messiah or not, because he didn't come when they thought he should come. Now listen to me. If you're being gripped by fear because whatever you're asking God for has not come as fast as you think it should come, it doesn't make him less of God. In fact, it makes him more God because he has a time frame in which he is doing what he's doing. He, as I said to you, he's got a plan. Everything has to line up. And I assure you, if you'll wait on God, it's going to be better in the end. All right? It's going to be better. So this is the situation. He said, I've asked them that they might believe who I am and that you sent me. In verse 43... Now when he had said these things, he cried with a loud voice. He said it audibly, right? Lazarus, come forth. And he who was dead came out bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, now loose him, right? And let him go. And of course we know the rest of the story. Lazarus lived longer after that. In fact, Jesus was found eating with him. He was sitting there. People were coming from miles around to come see this Lazarus who was once dead and now is alive. I'm sure CNN had a bunch of questions. <laughs> Amen? Is that right? I'm sure they were there. Whoever CNN of the day was, they were there wanting to check this thing out. So what I want you to see today, and I'm going to try to hurry through this real quick because I know I've held you for a while, but we're talking about fear and dismantling our fear. So if we're going to dismantle our fear... There are four things we've got to focus on in this, uh, in this little, this, well, I guess I call it an acronym. Is it an acronym with fear, F-E-A-R? What is it what you call it? I went to school where it shows you, I'm sorry. So acronym, fear, F-E-A-R. When you look at fear, if we're going to dismantle our fear, the first thing that we've got to do is face our fear. Amen. You've got to face your fear head on. Whatever that thing is that's causing you problems, I will assure you, take it from somebody that knows cowering down or hiding from it is not going to cause it to go away. Right. Acting like it's not there is not going to cause it to go away. If fear is a giant that's in your life, you've got to face that fear right face to face. You've got to go at it. You've got to attack it. You've got to be in front of it. You've got to face it. I'm reminded of little David, right, with the children of Israel, and, and Goliath was standing in front of them, and he was, he was just basically taunting them every single day. You remember that? And he was telling them, I'm going to whoop your behind. Right? If anybody's man enough to come out here and stand before me, bring him on. And nobody moved. 
This man caused fear to run through the entire camp of the children of Israel. And he was hindering them from getting to the next phase in the plan of God. The entire army of, of, of God was being hindered by fear. Now look, again, I'm not the smartest guy, but I do know that if that's one man, be it a giant or not, and there's 10 million of us, or 10,000 of us, or 100 of us, he might get one of us, or two of us, but he ain't going to get us all. Come on now, have you ever thought about that in that story? Yeah, but the Philistine army was... But yeah, that's all right. Look, you've got to look at what you got instead of looking at what you don't have. That's one of fear's greatest weapons. He isolates you and gets you where you can't even see what you've got around you. Right? You're more than conquerors because of what it tells us in God's Word. Amen? He tells us, seeing as how we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us run with this race with patience. Right? Endurance. Because you're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. You have God, you have Christ, you have the Holy Spirit, you have all of heaven's angels at your disposal. Right? You got everything you need. This one man was hindering the move of God in that time. And I'm reminded of David, and he just walked out there and he looked at his brothers and he said, I'll go. He told Saul, he said, I'll go. And then they said, oh, hush, you don't know what you're talking about. That man will annihilate you, right? Causing, listen, sometimes you ain't got no fear, but somebody else will put fear on you. Right? They're just, they're just dumping off on you, right? You just jump off on you. You ain't, got, you ain't scared of nothing. You walk in, when you leave, you're scared to death. Is that right? And you had no fear to begin with. But some folks are so scared to have you scared. And so they're trying to scare the Lord David. And David said, oh, no, 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 no. Right? He said, my God's able. And then he looked at him and he said, is there not a cause? That's what we need to say to ourselves when fear begins to grip us and it causes us to have that anxiety and causes us to have that worry and, we're, and we're, we don't know what to do, right? And, but God, God knows, right? We just, we just need to step out and say, is there not a cause? Is there not a cause? Sure there is. The plan of God must go on. Amen. So what did David do? He went out and faced his fears and their fears. He just walked out there and faced it. Do you know? That that thing that you've been praying for, that thing that you've been hoping for, that thing that you've been waiting on, is waiting on you to stand up and face your fear. Until we face our fear, until you face the bully, he's going to continue to be a bully, is he not? If he's hitting you in the mouth every day, taking your 25 cents for your little old milk carton every day, or whatever it costs a day, right? If you just let him keep hitting you in the mouth and taking your, your, your quarter, you ain't ever going to have no chocolate milk. Is that right? You're going to settle for drinking water while you were trying to eat your SpaghettiOs. <laughs> it's just the way it works. But if you'll stand up to that bully, he'll quit doing that. Yes, right? He will. Yeah. And I'll tell you something else. Now, I'm not advocating you do this, right? So don't be, your kids don't be going back doing stuff, but if you got, you got to do what you got to do. But sometimes you just got to hit him in the mouth. <laughs> if he's hitting you in the mouth, you got to hit him in the mouth. Is that right? Sometimes you got to take the fight to them. That's what I was taught. So you got to face your fear. And if you'll face your fear, that thing that you've been wanting the most, probably going to happen. If it's God's will. Come on, guys. You hear what I'm telling you? Yes. we got to face our fears. Dismantle your fear. The first step of dismantling it is look it eyeball to eyeball. That's the one thing my daddy taught me. That I used to hate it when I was a kid. 
He said, boy, he didn't call me son unless he was being nice. If he was mad at me, he said, boy. He said, boy, you look me in the eyes when I'm talking to you. Right? He wanted me. There's something about looking into somebody's eyes because you're looking into their soul. You're looking into their heart. Is that right? You ever talk to somebody and they're looking around you? They're like, I'm going to tell you right now. <laughs> I'm like, who are you talking to? <laughs> First of all, right? You ever seen them do that? <laughs> Don't make me come over there. <laughs> That's telling me you didn't really want to come over here. Your buddies put you up to it. But if you ever met somebody that looked at you in the eye and they said, I'm going to kill you, you knew they meant what they were saying. And you better get ready. Is that right? So face your fears head on. You're going to have to approach it. You're going to have to call them on the table. You're going to have to say, I've had enough. You're going to have to draw a line in the sand and say, this is it. It ain't going no further. If you step across here, I'm going to cut your head off, right? This is what David did. David ran out there and said, I'm not worried about you. My God's got this. And it said that when Goliath took a few steps to him, David ran to him, hit him in the head with that rock, and cut his head off, right? Ended it right there. And what happened? The, pro the progression of the children of God happened, did it not? Immediately, as soon as he did it. He said he did that, right? He held that guy's head up, right? And hung it on the fence. Right? Let everybody else know. Don't mess with my God. Amen? Amen. Is that right? Amen. And he said as soon as he did it, what, the whole children of Israel, whoo, boy, they moved forward. And that's exactly what will happen to us if we dismantle our fear. Amen? You will begin to move forward in God in ways that you have never done it before. Amen? Amen? So part of dismantling is face your fears. Secondly, We've got to embrace or accept the fear and understand that it is a catalyst to your future. Amen? You've got to face it, but you also got to embrace the fact that I've got to go through this. I've got to walk through this valley. This is my valley to walk through. This is my giant to fight. This is not Pastor Mark's giant to fight. This isn't Pastor Keith's giant to fight. This isn't, this isn't Brother Kevin's fight, the giant to fight. It's mine. When we embrace that fact that it's our fear that we're, that we're facing and we want to face it ourselves, you can accomplish anything. Just the actual steps forward is what God's looking for. He's waiting on us to acknowledge that fear and then to embrace the fact that we've got to do whatever it takes to get past this. It's the catalyst to what's coming, as I said to you, next. Amen, somebody. It's what's next. And then if you're going to face it and you're going to embrace it, you've got to attack it. Amen, as we said. Attack your fear with fervent resolve and determination. That's what you got to do. You can't go into it half-heartedly. If you're going to face whatever that fear is that's in your life, you got to do it with all of your heart. Amen. All of your heart. you got to be all in with whatever it is that you're, that, that you're attacking. All in. With fervency and with resolve, meaning that you are determined to see it come to pass. If you jump in that thing half-heartedly, you might tote a whooping. Amen? If you go into that thing not prepared, you might tote a whipping. That's what happens a lot of times. We all see that there's a need. We all see that there's a reason, as David said. And we all want to jump out there and do something about it. But we jump into it half-heartedly. We're not prepared. We didn't study out. We didn't study the enemy. We don't, we don't have the weaponry that we need. We jumped in there and we weren't prepared. But for goodness sakes, face it, embrace it, act upon it, but be ready. Amen? When you take action, don't go in there just going in there to just to just waltz with them or dance with them. Don't jump in there just so you can say, I've been there. Go in there and finish it. Amen? 
That's what it's all about. Face your fear and finish it. And the only way to finish it is through Christ. To make sure that you've got everything you need to do it. And the way to do it is through the Word of God. Amen. Amen. You with me? Do what He tells you to do. We have the answers right here. But so many of us are gripped by fear and we're sitting around not accomplishing the things that God has for us because that fear is gripping us. It may be a sin that you've committed in your past. It may be, it may be a, a disappointment that you might have, that, you, that you were to somebody in the past. It may be that you feel like you're less than some. I don't know what it is, but all of us have them. But you've got to face it. And you've got to be ready. And you've got to embrace it and attack it. Okay? And when you do those things, then you're able to rejoice. Okay? And that's the last letter that I want to look at. Rejoice in victory. And the reason why I think it, it's the most important one is because it's what we should do at the beginning. And it's what we should do in the middle. And it's what we're certainly going to do in the end. We can rejoice even before we've even conquered it because it's already been conquered. Amen? Amen? Amen. Jesus has already conquered death, hell, and the grave. Jesus has already conquered all of our greatest fears. Already has been done. That's why the Bible says that it's joy unspeakable and full of glory. Because we know that we've won before we ever get into the fight. Amen? David knew he was win. He had won before he ever got in there. Oh, about that preacher. How did he, he said it. He said, this man is no problem. My God has been with me and as he was with the bear and with the lion. Right, He tore them, tore them apart as he was defending his father's sheep. He watched God do amazing things to his little old body. So he knew if these lions and bears were no problem, this dude here ain't nothing. Right? Because he knew his God was with him. He already knew. They tried to put, remember, they tried to put, they tried to put Saul's uh, uh, warfare uh, wardrobe on him. They tried, to, they tried to put a grown man's battle attire on this little boy. And it said it was cumbersome. And he finally looked at him and said, look, I, I haven't proved this. I haven't even, I haven't tried to fight with this. It's not possible. Just get it off of me. Right? He went with what he had. Come on now. Huh? That would do us all some good. Well, if I was as, if I was as, as, as steeped in the Word as Sister Heather was, or if I, if, I, if I was as strong in the Lord as Brother Damien was, I could... No, 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 no. Right? You are equipped. You've got what you need. You just need to go do it. Is that right? If you've been waiting on God to, to make you a scholar of the Word before you go out and tell somebody about Jesus, you ain't never going to get there. Amen? He tells us to study and be ready, but, but listen, if you've got Christ in you, that's all you need. Get out there. right? Test the waters. Jump out there and tell people about Jesus. But we can rejoice if we're going to... Part of this manling is rejoicing, singing God's praises, being victorious already. We have already overcome. Amen, guys. We have overcome. All of us in this building has overcome. You have overcome. All of us have already overcome. All we got to do is keep walking. It's already done. If you have given your life to Christ, you've already overcame. What's, listen. He said, what weapon formed against you shall prosper? Is that what he said? Do you know what he meant by that? It wasn't just spears and swords and bazookas and tanks. right? What weapon formed against you is going to prosper? What could Satan possibly use that could harm you? Do you understand what God was saying? There is absolutely nothing that Satan has or can devise or that man can devise that has any effect on you or on me. Oh, no, boy. You know, they could cut me and I bleed and all those things. 
But if you truly are a child of God, they won't even get close to you. Amen. Unless you let them. See, we, we live far beneath, I live far beneath who I am in Christ. You are, you are a mighty warrior. You've heard me say it many times. I am a mighty warrior. We, we fear people and we don't even realize the power of God that lies within us. We fear things. We fear, we fear physical issues. We fear all these things when you have the power to overcome them all. Amen? Every single one of them. And we should rejoice in that. Listen, I want to, I want to close with Romans 8, 37 through 39. I guess it's cold outside, so we're froze up. I don't know, we're not talking much today. Romans 8, 37, 38, and 39. Listen what Paul writes here as he's inspired by God to do so. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. For I am persuaded, Paul said, that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. There ain't anything that can stop us from the plan of God except us. Amen? We're the only thing. You are the, you are the only weapon that is possible to stop us from getting through to and through the plan of God. Did you know that? Nothing else can. Nothing. Paul said it. There's nothing that can stop us from the love of God. Nothing to keep us from carrying out His plan. Absolutely nothing except us. And that's what's happening. We're hindering ourselves from being all that we're supposed to be in God because we're letting certain things grip us and paralyze us. So what I want you to do today is you know your fear. You know what that thing is in your life that's caused you great anxiety, great stress, great worry. You know what it is. Whatever it is, let it come to the top of your mind right now. Let it get there. Don't try to hide, hide it no more. Don't, get, don't, don't try to push it back because you don't like the feeling. Let it get there. It's got to get there. Let it get here. And once it gets there, let it get here. Because when it gets here, you can deal with it. If all you're going to do is let it get here and you're going to just push it back into your memory, it's going to come up again and it's going to come up again and it's going to come up again it's going to keep reminding you, I'm still here. I'm still here. But today you've got to get it in front of you and you've got a purpose in your heart that you're going to face it. Face it. And then you've got to embrace that you're going to deal with it. Then you've got to take action. And part of that action is seek God for help. Lord, I need your strength to get through this. And then do what He tells you to do. Whatever He tells you, do it. No matter how crazy it sounds, roll the stone away, Martha. What? Do it. Is that right? Do it. March around those walls of Jericho. What? Just do it. Amen? Get, get your five stones, son, and take that slingshot with you and stand out in front of Him and defy Him in the name of Jesus Christ. What? <laughs> huh? Come on now. Is that right? Oh, I'm not going to bow down to that false God there. I'm not going to do that. Right? And, and, well, I'm going to throw you in that lion's den. Oh, wow. Right? We're fearful. And we allow 
we allow Satan to grip us and we don't carry out the plan of God. What if those guys, what if David and Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, what if Martha would have not rolled, Martha and whoever helped to roll the stone, what if, what if some of these people would have never done what you and I know they did? Well, they got to because God said it. They didn't have to. They could have said, oh, I don't know about that. If the children of Israel never marched around the walls of Jericho, we'd have never had it written. If none of these things would have ever happened because of fear, it would have stopped the plan of God. It would have stopped it. And that's what's happening with us. Right? What if God wrote, what, what if, you know, God can do anything. What if this world ends and He creates a whole other world? Right? And then you have the Old Testament, the New Testament, and then we got another New New Testament. <laughs> and in that thing, there's things like the book of Ryan. Right? First, second, third, Jeff. Right? You know, who knows? God's got a record, don't He? I think so. It tells us here that we've got to give an account for everything we do. Is that right? So He's got a record. What if He, what if he wrote one of those? Instead of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, it's things like Ron, <laughs> Brother David, Joey, and Scott. Huh? And in there, there's these stories. And we're all reading it. Or somebody's reading it. We ain't going to be reading it. Way down the road, and they're reading that thing. It goes in there and says, well, it says here that Brother Ron was faced with this great fear. And it came upon him one day, presented itself, and he just cowered down in his room, and it utterly destroyed him. And so it was with Brother Ron. One chapter, one verse. Wouldn't that be terrible, Brother Ron? Wouldn't it sound better if it said, and he came out as a mighty man of God, faced it and conquered it. And then there were 30 more chapters because he stepped out and the fear was removed and he carried out the plan of God. Right? David wouldn't be a man after God's own heart, would he? Had he not done that. He would have been looked at much differently. He would have been looked at as a failure and a coward. And that's what we would have been writing about David. But because of that one moment, deliverance came to the entire children of Israel. And God's name was glorified throughout the ages. Amen. Is that right? God, dismantle your fear. Let's pray today. Just for a moment. If you're here today, you know how we do it. We're not going to beg you. But if you're here today and you've got some fears that you'll be honest with yourself or a fear that has stopped you from the plan of God, why don't you just come on now? Come on up here. Come on. Well, I'm not by myself. We all got some fears we've got to deal with. Get them out front. Get them in front of your mind. If you've been dealing with this kind of stuff and it's been gripping you, if you've had these anxieties, these fears, these, these, this tension, this, this whatever it may be, bring it up here to God. Give it to Him today. And then walk out of here, purpose it in your heart to attack that thing with all of your might and that you will accomplish all that God has for you in this.